Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I'm your host, Kim Barrett. On today's episode, we are joined by Dustin DeVries. Now, Dustin is a digital marketing expert. Uh, we chat all things websites, SEO, and maybe a cheeky New Year's resolution or two as well. Now, if you're someone who wants to grow your business, of course, this is going to be an episode you will not want to miss. And if we can help you, as always, head over to our free group, www.joinmygroup.com.au, where we have everything you need there and more. But until then, let's jump into the show. Dustin, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. It's great to have you. Now, I always like to start the podcast off the same way every time, which is if I met you at a party and we were chatting and I said, Dustin, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? I manage a digital marketing company. So it's a husband and wife founded company, me and my wife. Uh, We build everything from websites to uh, software applications, web mobile apps. Uh, to digital marketing. Nice. I love that. And so what what got you guys first started in that? Because obviously for um, a lot of people, like aspects of digital marketing have been around for a long time. Some parts have only been around for a short time. Where did, uh, what kind of grabbed your, and tickled your fancy at the very beginning? Um, well, I guess, you know, I, I kind of had a background in software. Uh, went to school, studied in, in uh, software, uh, computer engineering. Got a job in the semiconductor industry for about 10 years. Uh, while I was there, I kind of got sick of the corporate world, just wanted to move into something different. Uh, started dabbling in affiliate marketing back in like 2006. Uh, so that was kind of my first real venture into doing anything kind of entrepreneurish, uh, uh, entrepreneurial, I should say. Um, so I started doing that. And then um, that was not never really that successful for me. Um, but it kind of allowed me to, to learn a lot of things about entrepreneurship and just, you know, getting the ground uh, getting off the ground with with a business and so from there i started doing consulting services and just kind of gravitated into a point where kind of reached a critical mass uh with customers we had to decide okay do we just start telling a lot of people no raise our rates or do we start expanding and start building a team and we chose the latter and you know here we are that was back at Everyone asks when we start our company and usually say around 2013, but it's not really a clear thing. It's kind of like doing freelancing consulting and finally hit this critical mass point. It's like, all right, let's go ahead and, and formalize this into a company, a bigger company and start to bring in employees. So about, you know, nine years now. That's amazing. Well done. And what over that time, like what have been some of the biggest shifts that you've seen happen? Because uh, being around in the digital space that, that long is... Uh, is like centuries in normal world, I feel like, in comparison to the digital landscape because things move so fast. What have been some of the big shifts that you've seen happen over the last couple of years? So many. It's like what, you know, I guess I just think of a few off the top of my head. I mean, one is just, uh, I think software development and website development has been very commoditized. There's a lot of just off-the-shelf services. You can go build your own website, which is a great, you know, for us, kind of like, well, that's, putting us out of business. Not really, because it's a great opportunity for people trying to get off the ground uh, with a new business. I have to go drop you know a ton of money into a brand new website and go build something through, say, GoDaddy's Web Builder or you know Wix or something like that uh, and get a pretty decent website just to start off with. So that's, you know, that's one of them. On like the app side of things, obviously, lots of different technologies coming down the pipe uh, over the years. Uh, a lot of these hybrid frameworks now where you know, back in the good old days, you had to build you know an app uh, if you're going to build, say, a mobile app, you're building it for 
you know, one version of Android, one for iPhone, uh, a lot of synchronization between all of that with the hybrid platforms that you build like one code base and then deploy to, to multiple platforms. You know, it just it continues to evolve. Now we've got all this stuff with uh, uh, I forget what he what he calls it. Mark Zuckerberg's new thing, <laughs> virtual reality <laughs> yeah. stuff, the, right? The, the metaverse, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the metaverse, yeah. So you know, that may be the new thing. We're going to be programming stuff in the metaverse. I, I don't know. We'll see. Nice. And uh, you you mentioned there obviously the change in websites going from like having to really have a a, a whole lot of hardcore work really going into things. To, to get a decent website back in the day versus now you've got all the drag and drop builders and things like that. You mentioned a couple there. What are, even though obviously they're good and they're, they're, they're useful, what are some of the limitations on those versus getting a, like, beginning, like if you go and build something on Wix versus getting like a proper website built, like what are some of the limitations that you kind of see uh, on those like drag and drop easy to use ones? Typically, they're going to be hosted on their platform, so you don't really have access to the underlying framework, any of the, the mechanics of that website. So when you start wanting to do deeper dives, starting to do integrations, uh, you know, especially start doing any kind of like marketing automation, you want to integrate with different CRMs and marketing automation tools. Some of that stuff can be very limiting. Um, so that's probably the biggest piece of that and then just the fact that you're kind of boxed in to what kind of functionality they've built out. So if you ever want to color outside the line, so to speak, you're often very, very limited. But again, like I said, uh, we have customers all the time come in and they say, you know, I've got like $10,000 in my pocket and I'm trying to get this, my business off the ground. I need business cards, I need a logo, I need a website, I need a, you know, pay for a phone number, <laughs> all these different costs. It's like, okay, well, you really want to go drop like half of your budget. I mean, $5,000 is pretty cheap custom website these days you know we're our prices are, are typically north of that so you know putting a lot of your budget into a website just it doesn't make sense and go build something on your put a one pager together you know so it's a great option but yeah it's something you grow out of pretty fast as, as your business starts to scale especially you want to start doing any kind of marketing automation any anything on that front which most businesses do you know pretty pretty quickly if they're if they're successful and what about on the like the side of seo and things like that do they have as like can you get as good a result on a platform like that versus something that's built custom or is it like the custom just gives you more opportunity to to really kind of enhance that now i'll start off by saying i don't consider myself an seo expert i mean i've done enough of it that maybe i could kind of <laughs> say i've got you know i definitely have experience on it but you know things like like page speed for example that's something we work on with a lot of our customers we partner with some seo agencies and, and page speed is something that's been very very big for the last several years and so you're very limited by what the, the page builder provider allows for it. and also you're being hosted along with several other instances all in the same place so you know other websites that are in the same resources and all of that so um, all that's going to impact page speed and then any kind of you know other kind of seo tricks or anything you want to do like any kind of automation of, of certain you know, and i don't mean like generating keyword rich pages or anything like that but if you want to uh i was thinking about something like an apartment hunting website you know you want to generate do dynamic generation of maybe properties and listings of properties group them by uh like for here in the u.s zip code for example is you know common grouping or by city or by town or whatever those capabilities aren't going to be there so you're going to be able to build out a lot of that kind of functionality or you could build, you'd have to build it by hand essentially versus being able to build something dynamic with like a, an app in the background or say if it's wordpress like a plugin in the background managing all of this so yeah there's def definitely a lot of limitations with with that platform as you start to look at some of these other needs like seo and, and digital marketing it's it's going to limit you uh pretty quickly and what are some of the big not mistakes maybe but what are some of the things that 
when people come to you, you see time and time again and be like, mm, you know, like I wish they hadn't done that uh, to kind of, and kind of holds them back a little bit from the growth of their business when it comes to their digital marketing because there always seems to be a few kind of like common pitfalls that people fall into. Like are any of those that you've noticed across the years that seem to be consistent time and time again? Common pitfalls in regards to their website and how they're using their website for, for digital marketing or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like tying um, into their digital marketing side. Yeah, trying to listen. Another one, kind of a, a lot of different ways to answer that. You know, since we were talking about SEO, talking about that off the top of my head, just uh, focusing on that. I mean, the the structure, the topology of your website is obviously important. So, what is your navigation? What are your main links off of the site? If you've got something completely different, then trying to shoehorn that into an SEO strategy can sometimes be sort of dif- difficult. Also, depending on what kind of technology it's built on. Um, you know, we're big advocates of WordPress. WordPress has its problems. Uh, it's not the, the perfect platform. So where people tend to run into problems with WordPress is trying to extend it too far, trying to do too much with it. Um, but as long as you're not trying to build an app in WordPress, you know, if you're building a, a fairly basic site, even, even an e-commerce experience, plenty of good e-commerce stores out there that are built on WordPress. Uh, but using a platform like that opens up a whole variety of options to you because of the, the huge amount of plugins that they have, the environment of the ecosystem, the WordPress ecosystem is just massive. And so whatever marketing automation tool you might be using in your business, probably going to have support, probably going to be plugins that are native for uh, for WordPress that you can just plug in and you can start you know, hooking up forms, you can start creating landing pages and hooking up, uh, hooking up forms to that. But if you're using some proprietary technology, you have someone who coded something in raw PHP for you on <laughs> side you know for a hundred bucks then like yeah you're gonna be uh it's gonna be difficult or at least it's gonna be more difficult right and in the whole digital marketing space that you work in like is there an area for yourself where you're like this is really kind of like my favorite area to play in uh as opposed to all the rest one thing about digital marketing i mean definitely we've been doing a lot lately with ppc um i would say for us it's one of those it's kind of a it's a thing that we we decided here a few years ago. We were we were kind of broad. We were doing a lot in the marketing space as well as uh, web and app services. And we decided to just narrow down and really focus on software development. But just out of necessity with our clients and some of the things that happened in our business, we've jumped back into that that marketing space. So um, for us, though, what we really enjoy, you know, I love working with with customers who are trying to. Uh, maybe working in a, in a competitive space, they're trying to find a way to stand out. Because something we we deal with all the time, right? We build websites. I mean, it doesn't get more commodities than that, right? So, trying to find out how do you stand above all the noise and actually uh, do something. And tip, it's not spam people with email all day long, right? It's it, a whole lot more to it. So, finding ways. Uh, you know, I'm a big big proponent of like the uh, resegment out audiences, and you think about like your whole prospect pool, and you think about you're uh, at the bottom of the, the prospect pool. You kind of have like the, the people who are problem unaware. You have the people who are problem aware but haven't done anything about it. You have people who started doing some research and the people who are ready to, ready to take action, right? And kind of those four segments, kind of common thing that people talk about in marketing. Um, and trying to find ways, working with customers who maybe never really thought about that whole prospect pool and thought about how to bring customers up through those segments up to the point where they're ready to engage. And also like just the light bulb that goes off when, you're, when we're working with customers. And, and talking about these concepts, just explaining to them, it's not only just bringing people along to get them to the point where they're ready to buy, but you're also being able to educate and, you know, not in a malicious way, but bias them on your unique solution, you know, in order to, to sell them. And so that's something we really enjoy 
working with our customers on, you know, talking about uh, digital marketing campaigns and how they can how they can do that. We provide you know uh, turnkey services related to that as well, but just basically teaching people about marketing processes and marketing strategies. Um, we've been through a lot ourselves because we've done you know we for a long time we didn't do a lot of marketing for ourselves. We were we were, we were uh, dependent on referrals pretty much for all of our business, and so we had to figure out how to start doing a better job with with marketing. And so you know using both inbound and outbound. Uh, marketing strategies to to grow our business and then applying those for our for our customers as well. It's been a lot of fun. Nice, I love that. And like looking forward then over like the next coming years or in twenty twenty two now, things are growing. Like, what um what do you see as some of the shifts that are happening, or is there anything specifically you're kind of like preparing your clients for going into twenty twenty two and and beyond? Is there any sort of um, uh, trends you're looking to explore or anything like that? I think the central theme right now is still COVID and people dealing with that and figuring out how do you how do you manage through the pandemic and getting out. You know, I think a lot of people are figuring out how to survive. Is that you know if you're still in business and you've been in business since you know 2020 when this all started, right? Then you've you figured out something, right? Maybe you just had enough credit cards you could charge everything to. But uh, you know, figuring out how to take advantage of that, figuring out when there's disruption within the world or within your industry or whatever, how can you capitalize on that? Take take a negative and turn it into a, a positive. I mean, there's not a lot to be said about anything positive about going through any kind of pandemic or anything like that. I get that. But finding a way to, uh, because everything is shifting, finding a way to persevere through that, I think that's probably the biggest thing right now. And we're dealing with a lot of that. We have you know customers who are, example, here in the U.S., uh, charter schools, uh, which are, you know, education for kids up to you know 18 years old who are they're trying to figure out ways to you know bring in hit their enrollment goals for example right it's, it's a difficult thing to do with because we have you know especially here in the us is well i think it's worldwide there's a lot of, like uh everyone's uncertain about what's the right thing to do in terms of should we be in person with schools should we be meeting virtual and so you have these schools that have been you know thriving and doing well for like uh years and years sometimes decades all of a sudden pandemic happens and they're they're, the community they serve is split because half the parents want their kids learning virtually and the other half want them in, in, in person. So how do you deal with that? And so all, all of a sudden their, their enrollment lists are getting cut in half in some cases, you know, and they're trying to figure out how to, how to persevere through that. So being able to find a way to, to bring in more traffic and stuff like that, I think that's been a big challenge for them. And that's, you know, across multiple industries, same thing with, with the restaurant business. I mean, you can name any, any industry probably and see where this is happening. Also supply chain issues, right? That's been a big issue here for us and so you know, how do we how do we deal with that and how do you manage that how do you find is there a way to take find some kind of leverage to take advantage of that situation i don't mean in a, in a malicious way again you know it's more you want to do things in the right way but how can you take a bad thing and turn it into an opportunity i think that's huge as you say over the last couple of years for for anyone it's like if you've survived uh <laughs> like yeah. first of all well done and then it's like yeah you've got to look at the avenues as you said and it's not um uh, taking advantage of it, but how how can you flip that around and make sure that you know there's there's positives at the end of it? I know yeah, so many people that have gone and added on a digital arm to it, where it's like, oh, could we now do digital personal training, or we do virtual um, virtual yoga, or virtual Pilates, or or whatnot, or like delivery uh, for a lot of, especially um, here in Australia, a lot of the cafes and restaurants all turn to like you know, specialty delivery services and specialty meal services and things like that to kind of deal with it because you uh you have to really it's uh unfortunate uh, it's, a, it's a tough 
tough time at the moment, but I think for most people, if they make it through this, it's probably going to be one of the hardest things our unless there's a another big war or something like that, it's probably the hardest thing our generation is going to have to deal with, I think. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I know everyone's kind of fatigued on it. You know, talking about COVID and pandemic, it's like, what a <laughs> what a boring topic to be talking about all the time. But I mean, it's true, though. Like, finding a way to capitalize on that and see what, what you can take advantage of. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's created even, you know, from day to day, the the standards, either from the government or from the community, whatever the case may be, are constantly changing. So how do you how do you evolve with that? And so it's tough. But I think also, you know, I always think, too, about when times are good, people thrive and you know, the temptation is to try to grow as fast as you can and, and capitalize on that. Sometimes there's there's some some uh, value in showing some some restraint when things are really thriving. You know, take advantage of it, of course, but build yourself up in a, in a way that you can prepare for something like what we're dealing with now. And that's what I try to think about is how do I take advantage of this? But then also, how do I continue to build systems and processes within my business so that when the next thing happens, because it'll probably be something else somewhere down the road. You, like you said, this may be the biggest thing our generation deals with, but probably not. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff in the world. You, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, very true. And now, um, Justin, as we get towards the end of our time here together, I always like to ask a semi-final question, which is, uh, what's the question which I haven't asked you that I should have? Huh. Question you should have asked. New Year's resolutions. I don't know. <laughs> I mentioned that because what's been been hot, uh, you know, big topic for me as of late is is uh, journaling. I decided to start journaling. So I guess I would, you know, I'll say, Dustin, what is what are your New Year's resolutions? Well, one of them is journaling, um, and I've started doing that. And I've realized there's like this whole like underworld of people that are into journaling and making all these crazy, almost like scrapbooks kind of th- things. And I'm not doing anything crazy like that, but just using that as another avenue to put thoughts down on paper. What I like about it is that it's very static. So you write it down and it's stuck there. It's not like, you know, I have, I have my electronic virtual to-do list that I keep track. I use Trello uh, for a lot of my tasks and managing it, but uh, that's constantly changing, right? The way it looks in the morning is going to be completely different how it looks at night. But I write it down on paper, it's stuck there. I can go back and look at it a week later or a month later, and I can see exactly what was going on. I can see patterns. I can see trends. So it's a new thing that I'm doing, and I think it's uh, helping with my personal growth. It's also holding me accountable for things I want to do within my business. I think it's been, been really powerful. So that's my big New Year's resolution. I don't know when this is airing, but that's that's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Perfect. No, I love that. And then, Dustin, if people have listened to this and they've said, look, I, I like what I've heard from Dustin and want to know more about what he does, where's the best place for people to connect with you online? Uh, best way to find me is on caffeineinteractive.com. That's uh, just uh, two, well, it's two words, but, you know, no hyphen or anything else, caffeineinteractive.com. Uh, you can email me, Dustin, at caffeineinteractive.com. I have links to our social media on there. That's probably the easiest way to find me and, and get in touch with me. Beautiful. So guys, wherever you're listening to this, watching this, check the show notes above or below. We'll have all the links to Dustin there. Uh, And Dustin, again, I really appreciate you making the time to join us today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Ken. This was fun. Thanks. We'll speak to you soon. All right. Take care.